Welcome to the Horror Ghoulies Podcast. It's going to be a real spooker. Yay, that was great. (laughs) Welcome, Ghoulies. I'm Rebel. I'm Mitch. I'm Steve. E. (laughs) (laughs) Suppose I should be accurate. So, yeah, well, you know, you go by whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back with episode, what, four, I think? Four. Four. I think it's four, yeah. My goodness, we've made it this far. Yeah, episode four. (laughs) Big. I'll be happy when we hit like ten, but... (laughs) (laughs) Double digits, yo! Yeah, man. (laughs) What have y'all been up to? I worked this week. That's all I did. It was boring. I also worked this week. I feel like my week was super busy, but I don't remember any of it. (laughs) It all blurs together. Stevie, you want to tell us about your uh, Las Vegas trip? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> we haven't talked since. We haven't, yeah. Wow. What well, was great. Thought my friends might get hitched. They didn't. Damn. Rats. But they did get engaged, so very happy for them. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ooh. those homies. <laughs> I think Allie probably <laughs> listens to that. I think she listens to our podcast, so. Oh, well, congratulations, Allie. Congratulations. Woo. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> also, other than that, um, boyfriend got cursed for sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> we went to the Zach Baggins Museum <laughs> and he definitely left with a curse. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, like, twice, twice over. I think he left with two. Yeah, two. There's, like, this head of a man who was killed for witchcraft in the 1700s in there. And they offer, they add the, before you go in the room, they're like, you don't have to go in there. Anyone who doesn't want to, and I didn't want to, but no one else didn't want to. So I had to go because I'd look like a pussy if I didn't. <laughs> so we all go in the room and they told us, this is this man's final resting place. Do not speak out of respect. And we go in there and as we're like walking by it, I guess Trayton goes, that's fucking freaky <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and, oh my God. He definitely just got cursed. But also at the very end of the museum, when you're kind of like leaving, there's this weird like box thing. And you can look, there's like a peephole and you look through it and apparently you see like a man in a top hat and he's been known to follow you home and visit your dreams and give you sleep paralysis. And (laughs) looks at it. None of the rest of us did because we didn't want that shit. He looks at it and he didn't believe in it. Of course, he was kind of like, "Ah, nothing's going to happen. And that night or no, more like that morning, the next morning when we wake up, he's like, well, it happened. (laughs) You saw the top hat man at the end of our bed. (laughs) That was probably my favorite part of the trip. (laughs) He still didn't believe it. He's like, oh, I just, you know, was thinking about it. It's like, yeah. He was like, whatever. No, no. <laughs> no big deal. And I'm like, uh, a ghost followed you to the hotel room. <laughs> Not a big deal, my ass. <laughs> I totally see Trenton just being all chill about it. Like, <laughs> I told him, I was like, our plane's going to crash because of you. <laughs> uh, yeah. that, that was your first plane ride, right? Yes. Oh, my God. So the plane from, you know, up here to chicago that was fine it was kind of small so it was a little sketchy but the big plane we got on from chicago to vegas we start going we're picking up speed and all of a sudden it goes clunk the whole plane jerks and we had to deboard the plane and get on a different one if that didn't give me a heart attack (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> no, it was just funny because I was like, I was like trying to encourage her, like you know, I've been on planes before; it's fine. No, no, her first plane ride that happens. I felt so bad after she told me. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, th- <laughs> I think we jinxed you. Maybe a little on the first plane that I got on the like the smaller one. That one really, I don't know. When it took off, I actually had to like, yo, I'm gonna black out, and I almost did. I was yeah. like. I was fading out <laughs> real fast. It was terrifying. When it, when it took off? Yeah. Well, it was taking off. We were getting up there. We were probably a few thousand feet up. And I like looked over at all my friends and I was like, I'm going to black out. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was panicking for a second there. <laughs> oh, I didn't say the name today. It was the Zach Baggins Museum, yes. which was so good. It was so good. But I would never return ever. <laughs> Which I'm sad about because I want to go really, really bad, and she refuses to go with me now. So if well, anyone wants to volunteer, no. let me know. You I'd go. I'd love to Everyone go. I yeah. know wants to go. If you all go at the same time together, because Bruce also wants to go. And I said, mm, okay, maybe when I build up the courage again, <laughs> but it'll be a while. If you guys both go at the same time, maybe I'll join you. But there are rooms okay, that I'm well, not going to enter again. We will definitely do like a horror ghoulies road trip. <laughs> oh, horror ghoulies horror road, ghoulies trip. Yeah. road trip. Yo, that would be so fun though. Fun. If we did like a little yeah. stream or something of us going through like haunted houses and stuff across country. Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> horror yes. ghoulies. Like <laughs> that would be so fun. Horror ghoulies on the road. <laughs> we got like a bunch of spin-offs we can do now. We can do video oh, game yes. spin-offs. We can do haunted house spin-offs. Oh yes. Anyway, what movie did we do this week? It was the Black Phone. Ooh. Absolutely delicious. Highly recommend. Highly delicious. I guess, however, it wouldn't be for everyone. But I don't give a shit what you like. It's a good movie. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! What do you guys think? It wasn't. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't what I was expecting. But at the same time, it was exactly what I was expecting. And I don't know how they did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, I really don't know how they did that. They did exactly what I was expecting and nothing what I was expecting at the same time. Right, right. Mitch? Yeah, this movie came out in like like just after the pandemic and I was like super excited to see it. And then I was kind of disappointed because like I thought it was going to be a lot more like, well, it, well I mean, it, it's a dark movie. It's about child abductions and murders. But like I thought they were going to show more. If you guys have seen Sinister, like Sinister shows more like children dying and stuff like that and i thought it was going to be more like that but i think they toned it back because they wanted to like feel like more of a audience i guess yeah i thought it was gonna have more i don't want to say depth because it has a lot of depth to it but i thought it was gonna be like scarier or like make you think more but right i would describe it as kind of like a light horror for someone who doesn't like horror yeah i don't i don't even really know how it's rated r it's just I think it's just rated R because of the language, honestly. Like <laughs> they say the few words. You see like one dead child with a slit throat and that's it. So mm-hmm. but I don't know. It could have went darker. It could have went like mm-hmm. I could see where they could have made the story a lot more scarier. Yeah. And like when the previews came out, they made it seem so much more. Yeah. And I think it disappointed a lot of people because of that. Yeah, it disappointed me. I thought it was gonna be like way different but yeah it's grown on me like the first time i watched it i was disappointed and the second time i watched it i was like oh this is actually really good and then third time i watched it i was like this is awesome and then the fourth time i was like 
I like it a lot. So it's yeah. it's definitely gone up in score for me. So it sounds like everyone just needs to watch it four times. Yeah, you just <laughs> need to watch it more to grow on you. I definitely want to watch it again because since I was taking notes, I feel like I didn't get the full effect of it. Yeah. But I'm very happy with the movie. There's, you know... Yeah. There's some things I would change, and I'm really excited to kind of get into that. But overall, like, just generally taking the movie for how it is, it was very, very good. Yeah. Scott Derrickson's awesome. We we definitely need to do uh, Sinister. That movie's awesome. It's got an 82% on Rotten Tomato and an 88% audience score on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. And then, I don't know what the IMDb score is. We're just- uh, 6.9 out of 10. Oh, wow. That's pretty good for IMDb. It's 3.7 out of 5 on Goodreads. On Goodreads? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's apparently a short story. <laughs> yeah, it's based on uh, Stephen King's son wrote it. Okay. What's his name? Joe Hill or something? It's a story from the collection 20th Century Ghosts, Joe Hill. I did not know that. I want to read that right? now. Right? Me too. Buy on Amazon. <laughs> Adding to cart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's based on a short story by Joe Hill, and it's directed by Scott Derrickson, who also directed Sinister, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which that's a good movie. And then he's directed some other ones uh, that weren't so good. Hellraiser Inferno, which is like the fourth or fifth Hellraiser. Uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves. Did you guys see that Uh, one? Yeah. I've seen bits. And then he directed... uh, the first Doctor Strange, too. So, but we should definitely add Exorcism of Emily Rose to the list. That's a good one. I want to see that one. It's like a exorcism movie, but it's also like a courtroom drama. It's really good. Oh, because like they're because like I think Emily Rose like dies, and then they're like mm-hmm. the priest that performs exorcism is on trial for like manslaughter or whatever that's um based on the true story yeah about um god i can't remember her name but yeah all of those priests who performed the exorcisms got uh like justified for it or whatever yeah, prosecuted that's the word hello <laughs> super creepy movie and the parents we can get into the cast mason thames as finney blake uh madeline mcgraw as Gwen Blake, which she's like the best character in this whole movie. I love her so much. <laughs> Put her in more stuff. She's awesome. A little badass. I do want to say all of these like child actors were amazing. Yeah. Most of the time you give them a little leeway because like they're children. So all of them were super good. Mm-hmm. I really loved Robin's character. Oh yeah, Robin's awesome. Yeah, too. Me too. I wish they ha- he had more screen time. Yeah, yeah. same. Right. I say that. Yeah. Then we got Ethan Hawke as the grabber, which he's amazing, obviously. He did incredible. He really got into that role. Jeremy Davies as Terrence Blake. That's the dad. Did you recognize him? The dad? The, the dad. Yeah, right? What's he on? He's from Lost. Okay. He shows up in the later seasons. I knew I recognized him, but I couldn't pin where. I've seen him in something else, but I don't know what. Let me click he's on him. He's in a bunch of shit. Oh, he was in, he's in the house that Jack built. That's on our watch list. Oh, yeah. That's the one Lizzie keeps telling me to watch. Mm-hmm. It's like three hours long. Sorry, Lizzie. <laughs> We're going to get to it at some point. but That's one that you haven't seen, correct? Because we yeah. want to watch one that Mitch hasn't seen for once. Yeah. But um, E. Roger Mitchell and Troy Ruddaseal as the detectives. And then you got uh, James Ransone as Max. 
that's pretty much the main cast. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess we can just get in, get into we can get it. Get started. All right, so it starts out at a baseball game. We're in North Denver, 1978. What a good year to be alive. Oh, yeah. I love the setting of this movie so much. It oh, just, I feel like it same. makes the movie. It makes the movie so much. And I'll get into that later. But the aesthetic of this film was beautiful and gorgeous. And I just love it. I adore it so much. The aesthetic of this film is everything. They captured it perfectly. I feel like they did. I wasn't from the 70s, but <laughs> I feel confident say that The 70s, great. what a time to be alive. It's like 20 <laughs> years before we were all born. <laughs> and I wanted to say, too, like the opening scene, they're all playing baseball. It's kind of going through like, you know, showing around town, all the kids and everything like that. I just thought that that opening scene was like a perfect start for the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um because it shows, you know, so well the purpose aesthetic of the film, but also, like, it really lets you know, like, how young these kids are. Yes. Yeah. You know? They're very young, and these kids really grew up through the film. For sure. I think that's also why it didn't go as dark as it could have, because the kids were so young. Yeah. And it's America, and America hates, like... That's true. That kind of shit, so... Don't hurt kids. Don't hear. Nah. There's not a lot of movies that like. Well, I don't know. It set uh, 2017 went pretty hard. Yo, with their opening scene. So <laughs> I have heard that. I refuse to watch it, but I have heard that. Yeah. Oh, you never watched it? Uh, no, I do not. No, that is a hard no for me. Oh, because oh, no, clowns. We don't, do, oh. we don't do clowns in this oh, house. You, you gotta watch it. It's so good. No it's like. It's like Goonies. We have to make them watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> I don't think I can watch that even. That's oh, like it's so you good. Would, you'd be fine with that one. We we can I show you the clown. So. I really don't think it's so goofy. It's such a vibe. Know. It's such a vibe. That one is like a perfect eighties vibe. <laughs> 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 we'll just go through the centuries. We'll have a seventies and an eighties. Yeah, nineties. Um, we'll watch Scream. Oh, okay. I can do that. <laughs> so that's where we meet Finney is at the baseball game. Yep. And he's the pitcher. And he is against this boy that we find out his name is Bruce. And Finney's about to strike him out. You can tell by like the crowd that it's like um, really close, like a really close game. And like he has to strike this kid out. And um, he strikes him out twice. Yeah, well, he yeah he's, he needs to strike him out. He throws two strikes. Yeah. There's a little girl sitting there that you later find is his sister Gwen that's, like, cheering him on. And there's another girl. I don't know her name. I don't know if I wrote it down. I don't think they say it. I don't think they ever name her. She's kind of, like, the crush that he has. He keeps, like, staring at her, you know. And he, uh, so he throws the pitch, and Bruce hits the ball, gets a home run. They lose the game. But instead of being rude about it, he's a good sport. And he says that he tells him his arm is mint. Yeah. I really like that thing. Which I think we should bring that back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Your arm is mint. You almost had me or something like that. This movie's mint. (laughs) Yeah. you You almost had me there. And then Bruce is like riding his bike, which I felt like took way too long. But it really set the aesthetic. So, like, I'll let him have it. He was like riding his bike down the street. 
And then he sees a van. And then it just like cuts to the opening scene, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, the opening titles. Opening sequence? Opening? Montage. Montage. The opening montage, yes. Which I find delicious. I really enjoyed that opening montage. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like a bunch of kids like getting hurt. Like the one kid has like a scraped knee and shit. And then it shows like the grabber van and stuff. It's pretty cool. Sets up the vibe, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely creepy, for sure. And then it automatically cuts to like Finny slurping his cereal in the morning. Yeah. Kind of like, it just like, I don't know, lightens the mood immediately. Until you find out his dad's like hungover. <laughs> yeah, his dad's like super hungover and just like an alcoholic and abusive. Which the dad switches up so much in this movie. <laughs> Which I actually like because I think that's very natural. Yeah. And a lot of people don't portray that very well because the dad is hurting that's why he's drinking and instead of also trigger warnings for um, yeah spoilers too spoilers and trigger warnings. we need to put this at the front i know we always forget it was like out of pocket things and then we're like oh yeah we should spoil this trigger warnings for abuse um alcoholism and everything else under the sun child murder even though you don't really see anything but the dad is definitely an abuser though it's inferred very much. What? The moment that the kids wake up in the morning, they know mm-hmm. to be quiet because their dad is hungover. And yeah. throughout the whole movie, like... They're very cautious. Um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Gwen climbing into bed, just the look on her face, she's afraid of her own dad when she gets in yeah. bed after he catches her awake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout the whole movie. And I think, too, like... It's very easy for people to be like, oh, abusers are 100% bad people. And they, you know, just to paint them as just evil. Yeah. And like, yes, they are because they are hurting other people. But at on the flip side of the coin, this kind of shows that there's two sides to it because he himself is hurting so bad. And it's not giving him an excuse, but it helps understand how they are children, but they're taking care of him. And they're like going out of their way to help him. And I think it's easy for people to be like, well, why would they do that? I would just leave home. And it's like, first off, they're kids. But the other point to that is that not only is he their dad, but you could tell there was a time and there's probably still times even when he is, even though he is being abusive now that he loves and cares for them and actually was a good dad. Yeah, you see that later in the movie too. Yeah. But the kids are so emotionless at that point later in the movie. They just had, like, no emotion towards him. Yes. Like, they were just so, at that point, like, contempt. And they, uh, it was really hard for me to watch the scene. We'll, we'll get to that scene later. Um, but one of the scenes where, um, the dad was being extra abusive just because he shows the abuse. And that was very hard. And that's why I think, I think one reason why this movie may have been rated R, I don't know if that would, I don't think that content would really. It was a pretty graphic scene. But definitely needs some trigger warnings. It was a very, like, I think a lot of people, especially like if you're from kind of like the area that we're from, um, have experienced similar stuff happen, but just the way it was done was very graphic. But we'll get into that. Um, so anyway, Finney was slurping his cereal and the dad makes like a comment, like, can you slurp it any louder? They can hear you all the way in Boulder. 
And then the Gwen comes in and accidentally she was in the bread container and it was a metal bread container and she dropped it. And like they both freeze and you can tell and they're like waiting for their dad to snap and they get scared. The dad's hung over and he's like trying to like talk his way down, I guess. So then they're going on their way to school. They see a poster for Bruce a missing poster and they have that conversation that like you can really tell that Gwen and a lot of children that come from abusive homes are like this. They're very, very mature for their age. And Gwen is very, very, very mature for age. Both of them. They both are. But I think Gwen, especially because she is the younger one of the two, I would assume. I always think so. But at one point she calls uh, Finn kid. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's cute because she takes care of him as well. I thought that was adorable. But they see the poster for Bruce and Finny's like, oh, do you think that they'll find him? And she says something along the lines of not in the way they want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really puts into perspective of like, when you have cases like this, like the likelihood of missing kids coming back alive is very 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 slim yeah and there's already missing kids before that too yes mm-hmm. like i can't imagine being a small kid and then seeing a bunch of kids around you go disappearing it's really freaky in this um finney makes a comment to one of the kids like we all know who these kids are we all know their names. All of us kids know their names because they're scared. Mm-hmm. When you're in that t- and when you're in that place where, you know, your friends are getting kidnapped and like it could be you next. Um, I don't know if this was in a small town. I don't necessarily think so. I think it was Denver. But it gives a really small town feel. I think it was pretty small. Yeah. So because it really gave small town vibes and the class sizes were really small, but I don't know if that's just because they split all the kids up, mm-hmm. but it, it really gives like a small town vibe at least where people were knowing everyone. And like, at the very least it was a close knit neighborhood. So I just think that would be a very scary thing to know that like your friends are being taken and like you could be next and like, you don't know. Cause like, We find out that they're not, I mean, he's taking boys, but other than that, there's not really much. um, Yeah. And they come up with the name, the grabber, right? The grabber. Yes. Cause well, then we see uh, Robin beating up the bully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he, he like beats the crap out of him too. Yeah. Like more than he probably should. And then uh, Finn and Gwen just like walk away. Cause Finn's just like, that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> and then, uh, then they start talking about the grabber again and they say his name and then Finn won't say his name. And she's like, Oh, you don't believe that. Do you like, if you say his name, he'll get you or whatever. And he's like, no, I don't. Blah, blah, blah. But you can tell that they're like freaked out, you know, or at least Finn is. And I, I do like at this point, she calls him a chicken and he kind of makes a look like you can tell, like he's been called that before. And like, that's like a stigma that is around him a lot. And she uh, immediately apologizes because she knows that that like hurt him. Yeah. So then, uh, then he's at school and he like the class ends and he leaves and then the bullies follow him into the bathroom. And they like calling him names and stuff. And then Robin comes into the bathroom and he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then what did he say? He said, the bully's name or whatever. Yeah, Moose. Yeah, he's like, Moose has got some sharp teeth. 
My yeah, knuckles Moose are got bleeding. Some sharp the... teeth. My knuckles bled all first period. Like he's just <laughs> doing it casually, but he's threatening them. And the bullies are like all freaked out, and they're like, they're like ready to leave the bathroom, and he's like, wait, he's like, wait, don't he's fuck like, with don't Finn me. anymore. <laughs> now you can go. <laughs> and that's when you find out too that like him and Finn have Finley Finny have a conversation, and that's when you find out that. Robin struggles with math and struggles in school a little bit and Finn tutors him. Yeah. And you can tell that Finn doesn't judge him. And I think they, they have this like camaraderie where like in a normal setting, they probably like they would, it wouldn't seem that they would get along, but they get along really well and they're friends. Yeah. And and Robin tells him he's going to have to stick up for himself one of these yes. days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they just start talking about, uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre and yeah. he's like, You gotta see it, it's Robin's like, You gotta see it, it's so good and then then he's like He's like, My dad won't take me to R rated movies. <laughs> is it better than Enter the Dragon? Uh, I love all the like they show different movies he's watching and different TV shows of the time period and I just love the immersion that this movie does. And Gwen gets called to the principal's office. Yeah, the police question her. Because the two detectives are there. I guess she was like talking to Bruce's sister about a dream that she had about her seeing Bruce get taken. Yeah. She saw black balloons. Yeah. So they were just questioning her about it. And then she gets all defensive and she's like, well, you think I'm the grabber? You dumb fucking fart knockers. (laughs) That was so great. (laughs) And she's just like swearing and, and the principal's like, Gwen, we do not use that language. Yeah, she says something else, but I can't remember. She says something like, he's like twice my size, like something. And she basically says, like, there's no way. Like, she says, Bruce is twice my size. You think I can grab him? She called them like something with the C word. I don't remember what it was, though. Oh, yeah. They use that word a lot in this movie, too. Like, more, not like a no. lot, but like. I enjoy it. it I so love it. <laughs> I think that word should be sprinkled in everyday life more. (laughs) (laughs) Like everyone else in the world can do that. Why can't we Americans? I'm frowned upon when I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I do like, and I wanted to point out too. um, So in the seventies was really when police forces were starting, not really starting. They were really embracing a lot more um, with, visions and psychics and hypnosis. So a lot of programs were started to solve murders based on this, especially when it was something like in this case, a serial killer that's killing kids that isn't being found. So a lot of people might watch this and be like, Oh, why would the police try to find a clue through a little girl that has having dreams. But the reason they're doing that is because in the time period, that's what they were doing. That's what police forces were doing. Um, They, a lot of programs were started, especially on hypnosis and um, different psychic things. So I really like that they embrace that in this um, because now it's not quite as accepted, but back then it really was. Um, And some programs still kind of, live to this day um not quite as big but they do um see some really good uh like outcomes with different things like that so that's why it was really followed in this movie i think 
but yeah, my, one of my favorite lines that Gwen says, cause they're like trying to get her to be like, no, we need to know how you know this. Cause they're thinking like, oh, she has, you know, maybe she knows the killer. Like it could, maybe it's her dad or, you know, like they're thinking something along the lines of that. And she's like, no, it's just a dream. And then she says, and I'm just scared because sometimes my dreams are right. And then it was like a super dramatic scene. They did it very, very well. I love Gwen as a character. I love, uh, there's nothing I would change about her. Yeah, she's a total badass for sure. <laughs> she's so cool. So then that scene happens. And then uh, uh, Gwen stays the night at her friend's house. And then Finn stays up late watching a movie as the dad's passed out in the chair. And it looks like a freaky movie. It's like black and white. and the, But then the tub is like blood and the hand comes out. And stuff. Yeah. He looks all freaked out. And he's like, oh. And he's like holding his little spaceship thing that he oh, yeah, that's throughout the whole thing. movie. Yeah. His comfort movie. toy. Yeah. yeah. Throughout the movie, you can tell that Finn likes rockets and he probably wants to do something with like astronaut or something like that. Because he was like messing with a rocket. At the ball field. In the very opening sequence. In the opening yeah. sequence. And in his, during class, there's a doodle of him and he's got a bunch of rockets mm. that he had drawn. And he was uh, playing with the rocket in the first scene too. He lights off that toy rocket. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then mm-hmm. Bruce sees it over his shoulder or whatever. Yep. So, but then he wakes up in the morning and this is the scene that you were talking about earlier. Uh, yes. Gwen's getting beat. With this her dad's is, yes, beating her with the belt. A very hard scene for me. Because the detectives came to his work and were asking him questions about mm-hmm. what she was talking about, her dreams or whatever. And then this is where you find out that like his mother, her mother was seeing stuff too. Yes. Uh, and that's why he's all like freaked out about it. Cause like, I guess the mom was like seeing visions and stuff and they thought she was like crazy. And then I don't know, did she end up killing herself or? Yeah. So the vision, you find out later that the visions tell her to commit suicide. And so she does. One thing I do like is that the dad never questions her Gwen's visions. He knows they're real. He does tell her they're not real. He does tell her they're dreams, but he knows they're real. And he knows that she has this stuff. But he's terrified as to what that's going to make of her and terrified as to what that future holds for her because he watched it happen to his wife. Yeah. I also think probably um, the way that the mother left them probably really scares him as well. It's probably like traumatic for his daughter to be so similar to the mother. Yes. I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, he doesn't want the same thing to happen to her. Right. He does want to have to go through that again himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's probably why he's kind of an alcoholic too. Yeah. Right. So then she takes the vodka bottle and she's like, I'm going to break it. And then he's like, if you break that, I'm going to beat you even harder. And then she breaks it and then he starts beating her again with the belt. And Finn's just kind of watching like all angry. This scene is very like, I liked Gwen's character before and I was very impressed with her actor but after the scene, I was just like so impressed because to do the scene was incredible. Mm-hmm. Right. Like for a child actor her age. She did it so well. Yeah. So well. And like there was so much emotion and it was so raw. And like the dad was emotional. She was emotional, obviously. Even Finn, Finny was like super emotional too, even though he didn't say a word. 
Mm-hmm. You could see it on his face. Like the actors in this movie are top tier. You could not have gotten better. I would not have switched any character in this movie. I would not have switched any actor. I, everyone was top tier. There was no one that I was like, oh, you know, they could have done better or, you know, oh, they're just, you know, they were just thrown in there. Like every single person was top tier and was like made for this role. And I don't know how they did that, but they did amazing on it. Yeah. And this kind of cements like how close Finney and Gwen are too. Cause after um, they just kind of watch TV and she's kind of like laying on his shoulder. Like you can tell that they're like close siblings. Yeah. You know? And you can tell that's probably not the first time that this happened. Yeah. And then it cuts to uh, Robin getting taken by the grabber. He's like, He's like walking like it must be behind like a store or something. It looked like it was like behind a store and the van was it's there. Because it looks it like it was cuts. like a meeting place. Like it looks like he was like meeting them. So it is believed that Robin was on his way to get snacks for Finn to come over and tutor him. Oh, uh, he was, must have been taking a shortcut over and the store to, or something. Yeah, that was on the way. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Right, right. I will say this movie does kind of jump and skip a little bit because like what you think is the next scene, she's like, oh, it's Friday again. And you're like, oh, it's been a week, you know? So sometimes it's hard to be like, okay, is it the next day? So like when they made plans to get tutored, I wasn't sure if it was that same day or not. So that's what, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of confusing that way. Cause it felt like Gwen was having sleepovers every night. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it was a little confusing that way. And like, which it, honestly, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think if you like, once you realize what's going on when you watch it a second time, it doesn't affect the movie. But like the first time going through and really trying to like figure everything out, it was a little confusing. Cause I'm like, okay, what, what's what here? Yeah. So then this is when you really see the dad like really caring for his kids because I'm assuming he's not drunk or at least somewhat sober because he gets a call and you can tell he's like really hurt and really emotional. And he says, Hey, do you know a kid named Robin? And he can't pronounce the last name. And Finney's like, yeah, he's one of my friends. Why? And like, you can see the dad's heartbreak. That has to be really hard to tell your kid that one of their best friends is probably not coming home. And I just love that they made him human because I think that puts into perspective, especially when people who are abused come out and say, Hey, I'm being abused. And people are like, Oh, well, he's so nice. Well, yeah, because he's human and we're all very fluid and we're very, multifaceted and just because he's nice and he has feelings you know he's not like in the movies whereas in this movie it really showed what true abusers like they are multifaceted and he probably does feel bad after abusing his kids but he still does it and so that's the bottom line so i but i really like that they put that in there Um, i think they do such a beautiful job all of these characters are so just well done i cannot stress that enough these characters are so well done but yeah so then the cops come talk to gwen and the dad's like what gwen do this time and he's like no (laughs) they're like seeking gwen out because they're it's obvious that they have no leads they don't know where to go yeah 
I mean, he's he's just grabbing these kids off the street and leaving no trace. Yep. And be- before that, though, Gwen comes into Finn's room. Oh, yes. And then they're talking, and then uh, Finn asks Gwen to do the dream thing. He's like, can you do the dream thing? And then she's like, well, it doesn't work like that. But then she goes into her room, and she's got a bunch of, like, religious stuff. And she's, like, praying to Jesus. She's like, come on, Jesus, show me. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I was like, oh, she has She hides it all in a dollhouse. I adore that. (laughs) And then she just kind of like sneaks back into bed because the dad is like, go to bed. Yeah, that was the moment she looks terrified of him. Yeah. Because at that point, he's probably drinking. So, yeah. Right. It's well into the night. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, then the detectives come to the house again. So that's when the detectives come to the house and he's like, What'd she do this time? Like, I thought I... But then but then you don't really see him be angry after that, because then after Finn gets taken, he, like, lightens up a bit, too. Because so. I think he realizes the, depra- like, the desperation of it and, like, the situation where your kid is kidnapped and the police have no leads and there's nowhere else to turn to, but your daughter might be giving some hint. I think you kind of, you know, like, be lenient on it you know what i mean you yeah give into it a little bit yeah you become desperate there's a lot of stories of parents especially or families of victims of kidnappings or whatever that go do crazy crazy things to find their loved ones and you know you get desperate and i think that's kind of what happens here and i like that they show that yeah but it does cut to Finn, Finny, he's getting chased by bullies, and I really like this <laughs> scene. It's like a montage almost. It's very lighthearted in a desperate way. Does that make sense? It's kind of like brutal too, because she just—it's very brutal. Puts, well, they're beating up Finny really, really pretty good, and then yeah. Gwen just comes out of nowhere with a big rock and just like smashes one of the bullies in the head, and he, like he's just like bleeding that from the head. It's like, oh damn, yeah. And then she gets kicked and. It's crazy. I was like taking notes and like kind of saw she had a rock. I was like, okay, she's going to hit him. Da, da, da. And then I look up and he's just got like blood pouring from his face. And I was like, oh my goodness. And of course she's like swearing at him. Like you dumb fuckers. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I, I will say too, like it shows the character of the bullies because like they kicked her and like, especially in the seventies, like they kicked a girl. Like they, this is how they view her. And, like, she doesn't, like, this is, like, the hippie era, too, so she's not going to act like a woman, act like a girl, yeah. which I love. Um, but they're not going to treat her like a girl, either. And, you know, I think that, it like, it was, like, really crazy to me that they put that in there. But I do like that they put that in there. And I also feel like they were going extra hard because Robin was kidnapped. And now it's, like, they're extra mad because Robin was, like, protecting Finn and now he's gone. So then they're, like, oh, there's no one to protect you now you know yes mm-hmm. so then he's at school and then this is where they're getting ready for the frog dissection and he gets paired with his like crush or whatever and i i did write down her name her name is donna <laughs> and then she's like those guys are dumb yeah and she's actually really nice yeah and he's like what like <laughs> i really like her and then after school gwen's like teasing him like oh donna donna, donna man, kissy kissy <laughs> and, then- and this is when it gets like confusing for me because she like leaves and he's like, where are you going? And I was like, yeah, where is she going? And she's like, it's Friday. And I was like, wait, didn't you just spend the night with what's her name? Yeah. They're like skipping. Around. I'm going to Sally's yeah. and they skip around a little bit, but like, yeah. 
the timeline is a little yeah but i don't know how else they would do that without like putting a bunch of fluff in it so i'm you know yeah yeah i'm glad they did it this way instead of putting a bunch of fluff in it yeah so then finn's walking home and he sees uh the grabber he's got his black van and he's like he like what drops like groceries and he's like silly me He's yeah, like, he acts weird. like a clown. Yeah, and he's like, I, I am a part-time magician. You want to see a trick? And Finny's like, yeah, but you can tell he's still a little cautious. Yeah. And he looks in the uh, back and sees the black balloons, and then he's like, and are he those immediately black balloons? Knows. And then yeah, he immediately knows. It's kidnapped. Mm-hmm. He, like, sprays him in the mouth with some sort of... It prevents him from screaming. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know exactly what it was, but it prevented him from screaming. It, like, knocked him out, too, didn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, uh, Finney had managed to uh, cut the grabber pretty deep oh, with yeah. this little rocket toy. Little rocket too. Yeah. The, grab- the grabber is very unhappy about it yeah. as he's dragging Finney down some stairs into his little dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He Actually, I wrote down the quote. He said, I should snap your neck for what you did to my arm. Yeah. So that kind of sets the mood for the tone here for like, this is a bad guy. And I love the way he says it too. Yeah, like he says it in kind of like a li- like like I should snap your neck for what you did to my arm. Like I don't know, it's just like a. He said it so like like almost happily, but like in such a creepy manner. Yeah, yes, it was very like I hate to say clown like because you know how I feel about clown. <laughs> it's very clown like, very mime like mime intimidating. Yeah, yeah. The kidnapper calls him Johnny. I wanted to talk about that. Why he calls him Johnny. I feel like that's a saying, isn't it? Like, So, actually, no. He calls him Johnny because he's quoting his own father. Okay. Oh, his name is Johnny. Johnny. The grabber's name is John. Okay. Yeah. I wondered if it was something <laughs> like that. Because when I first... I was like, okay, so either his son's name is... Like, he's, he's like... He's mimicking something. I knew he was like... M- he was reverting back to something, but I didn't know what he was reverting back to. Right. I like how like deep this movie is. Like it, you watch it a second time. And it's like, Whoa. Yeah. You don't really know the grabbers intentions. Like, cause it's like kind of creepy where he's like, he like brushes the hair out of his face and it's like, kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. It's creepy, but he doesn't like really touch him after, you know what I mean? Like right. he doesn't. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what he gets out of it, but. The mask that he wears. The mask that he wears determines. It's like different kind of personalities. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And like, it's part of the game. It's like, I don't know what the word is exactly what I'm trying to come up with here, but it's like different levels of the game. Oh. Different parts of his personality. Playing Naughty Boy. Yeah, okay. which is such a. <laughs> so his dad used to play not play with him oh really yeah okay. yeah oh. his dad used to call him that and stuff i assume there's so much lore in this grabber. yes and i wish they would have gotten deeper into it just because i'm so interested in it but i feel like you know and i and so like i'm really anxious because i am going to read the book so i'm really anxious to read the book and find out i more. think the book would give us a lot of this as well. But that is one thing that for me personally, and I hate to even say this because I don't want it to reflect on like other people's opinions on it, but that's one thing where the black phone does fall short for me 
because I am so into like the psychology of killers or the psychology of like kidnappers and stuff. I wish it would have went into that. But, but yeah, but like that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the story needed to be told. Like I could even go for like a sequel or like a prequel. I think a prequel would probably be better, but where it really digs into the psychology of this killer. Cause he's so interesting to me. It's very like, there's so much that you just know, like there's so much in there that like, I know there's a reason he did that. I know there's a reason that he's giving scrambled eggs and a soda. Like it's that's very, it's very, very uh, fin centric. Like it's very like more yes. it focuses it's more on more the about, kids than it does yeah, on the grabber. It's more focused on the kids. And, and I feel like, like that was the intention of the movie. So I'm trying not to like yeah. bash that at all because it did very, very well with that. But I it just, just makes you want personally. Yeah. Yes. For me personally, I would have enjoyed it more if it was centered on the killer on because that is just what I am personally more into. Yeah. Yeah. There was another thing, too, uh, that happens at this part that I'd forgotten. I'd wrote in my notes um, having to do with the mask and how it changes mm-hmm. um, and kind of thinking that this could be a sort of personality disorder. Yeah. Where he has like some sort of multiple personality thing going on. When Finn asks um, at the beginning if he's the one who killed the other boys, yes. the grabber answers, no, that was someone else. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, psychology. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying stuff like, yeah, he keeps saying stuff like, oh, I'm um, I'm going to get you a soda. And, like, he's very loving. And I put something like talks like a loving dad. And he, like, brushes. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And, like, it's really creepy. Like, if I was in his position, that would not comfort me at all. But, like, I think it was supposed to be comforting. Um, But you can tell he's very, like, not knowledgeable of what he's put. Like, I know you're scared, but don't be scared. Like, that's not going to help anything. But the grabber thinks he's helping the situation. I was really worried that it was going to be, like, very centered on multiple personality or some form of DID, uh, dissociative personality disorder type because they never get it right and they always make it very badly so i was very concerned when i first saw that the mask had changed that this is what this was going to be about and i was very glad that they didn't focus on that part so i love the different i think the dad personality was my favorite personality and i wish they would have dug into that more sort of like a psycho kind of thing you know like the movie psycho Mm -hmm. impersonating the mom like sort of yeah in this case the father yeah and then the phone starts ringing you hear a phone upstairs and then the grabber goes upstairs and he's like i'm gonna get you soda i got something to take care of but i'll be back with that soda and then he goes upstairs and like closes the door behind and he like boops him yeah i'm gonna be back with that soda and he boops him in the shoulder like yeah it's such a cutie yeah. yeah but like you could see an actual father and son doing this and it not being creepy. And I think that was his intention. Trying to gain his trust a little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It really reminded me of someone that was like, oh, I'm going to like raise this child or like, you know, like this is like. Gives you vibes like that. Yeah. Like he had compassion for him. Mm-hmm. Then he hears the phone. He's looking around in the basement and then he hears the phone. Then, yeah, the phone. I forgot the phone was ringing upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. There's only a toilet with no lid, which I put that as a marker because that because he only there's no lid on the toilet because he only kidnaps boys. Oh, 
And then there's a black phone with a cut wire, but it's starts. Uh, does it start ringing yet? I don't have that yet. No, I don't think it rings. It no. cuts the uh, Gwen. And she gets a call yeah. from her dad, and then she's at her friend's house. Yeah, she gets the call cause... that Finn's missing. She like runs home. She just runs. Doesn't tell anyone where she's going. The front door is wide open. Yep. And there's like a brother. bunch of police on her street and in front of her house and stuff. And they're looking for him. And then Finny hears the phone for the first time. So, yeah. And then it's, of course, Bruce on the phone. And Bruce explains that none of the other boys were able to hear the phone ring until Finny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the grabber can too. But he chooses to ignore it he pretends it's not ringing yeah he denies mm-hmm. and at first of course so bruce doesn't remember his own name either as soon as finn answers the phone mm-hmm. and finney is the one who reminds him his name is bruce and at that point bruce also remembers your arm is mint you almost had me yeah and he just keeps saying that like over and over again he's like you almost had me it's like his one like anchor to the real world <laughs> yeah you can kind of tell that they aren't fully connected to the real world anymore they like are kind of here but they don't have all their memories they say their name is the first to go mm-hmm. this is also right before this happens the kidnapper was in there when the phone rang the kidnapper says oh sometimes it rings but it's the electricity who creepy and he just does that little shiver thing yeah, and then he, uh, he says, and like, he tells him the room's soundproof, and he lets it slip that there's a man upstairs because Finney is really good at reading people. I like to point that out. He's very good at reading people, and he said something about, "Oh, I'm meeting someone." He and Finn says, "Oh, he." So you're meeting a him, and the guy's like, "Oh man, this." You know, you can kind of tell like the grabber's like, "Oh, this kid's smart. I got to be careful with what I say." Mm-hmm. Um, and then. He, they talk about something, but I did write down this quote. Like he says, "I I won't do anything you won't like," which is really goofy. <laughs> and it really goes back to what, which is what Stevie was talking about with like the different personalities, because he's wearing a different mask this time. This one's with the wide smile, and then a creaking wakes him up. He's then the guy is this when the guy wakes him up and he's like, I was just watching you. I just wanted to look at you. Oh yeah. The phone is yeah. like flexing and he's like, he, Stop and the it. phone's like flexing and cause it's like breathing or like a heartbeat. I couldn't quite tell which one it was. Yeah. I think it was kind of like breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it seemed to inhale and exhale. Yeah. One thing too, um, with the grabber mask, him now wearing the smile I think part of this part is like him trying to befriend. This is like, you know, the honeymoon stage in an abusive relationship sort of thing. And the next time he shows there's that frown mask, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't reveal it until Finney does something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when the game begins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say, too, there's two different things. So when, when he was watching him, he took off the top part of the mask and just had the wide grin. Yeah. I forgot about that. So he's always wearing some part of the mask, um, but you know, and and then he said, "Well, I wanted to, I wanted to watch you," and so I don't know if that's why he took off the top part of the mask because even though he can see very clearly out of the mask, I think it was just to focus more on the eyes. Yeah. So after the conversation with Bruce that he has with Bruce, oh, because Bruce tells him about um, the dirt section. 
Oh yeah, he tells him to keep mm-hmm. digging or whatever. Yep. And try to get to the foundation. Yep. And then it's the little montage of like Bruce growing up, and then with little home videos of baby Bruce. <laughs> you see him getting kidnapped. Then Finn's like yelling at the door or whatever, and you realize yeah, that yeah, it's like Gwen's dream. It's like mm-hmm. a vision that Gwen is having while she's sleeping. Yep. And then she's like riding her bike around the neighborhood trying to find like, trying the to find it thing. Yeah. And then as Finney's like digging the basement up, and then they have like the school assembly where they like our talk must be talking about the kidnappings. Then the grabber brings Finn food. And then he, this is where he leaves the door open and he's like going to go up the stairs. And then the phone rings again and he goes over. And then that's when, uh, Billy, the paper boy is on the other end of the line. Said it's a trap. He tells him it's a trap. Yeah. And this is something that really got me. Billy answered the phone. He left the door, the door's open and he left and so he's like, I can escape. And then the phone rings and he's like, I got to answer the phone. And he like drops everything, like runs from the door, answers the phone. Billy tells him, oh my gosh, you know, don't, it's a trap. Like he's going to beat you with a belt is what he tells him. Like he goes into mm-hmm. very great detail. Is this when he tells him about Naughty Boy? No, I think that's later on. Okay. Because then he kind of goes up the stairs and then you see this, you see, uh, the grabber with like his shirt off and he's got yeah. the belt in his hand and he's like waiting for Finn to come up. I don't remember. I think he did explain Naughty Boy here. Does he? Th- this is when Naughty Boy, because he says this is, you know. He's waiting for you to play the game, basically. Yeah. You can't play the game if you don't like do something bad. He can't win if you don't play. That's what he was saying. He can't. He can't win if you don't play. I think what was weird for me is if the phone ringing was so desperate to bring him from what he thought was safety, why did he then try to go back up the stairs? Yeah, after he tells him. I think he just wanted to scope it out a little bit, maybe. Testing yeah. the waters a little. Because he doesn't go all the way up. He just goes up a little bit and then goes back down. I wonder if he heard him breathing, the grabber, because he was up there. He was like... like yeah, that was, really, that was a creepy part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so the, the shirtless he couldn't Hawk. see anything right he just like walked up there i think he just walked up and listened yeah okay i don't even think he out. looked because if he would have looked then the grabber would have seen him, him. yeah so yeah he must have yeah, just so went up halfway the door, was the door open? listened and then yeah the door was open yeah okay so that that's what got me was i couldn't tell if the door was open or not yeah or I couldn't tell like how far he went up. That part was kind of confusing to me just because like I was like, wouldn't I feel like the grabber would know when he went up the stairs. But I think yeah. the grabber probably knew he went up the stairs, but he couldn't do anything until he actually went up the stairs. He didn't actually try to leave. He didn't yeah. try to leave, so he didn't break the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where Billy tells him about the wire that's in the wall or whatever. He tells him there's a loose wire in the wall and then Finn grabs he tries to hook it to the window to go up there. And then he takes, he, which is kind of a smart idea. He takes the rug and puts the wire through the rug and it loops through the window. And then he goes up it there. magics and, itself through. You would never yeah. be able to do that in real life. I would like, never have thought of part, that. <laughs> the rug part was brilliant. That I think would have worked, but then it magically goes through the grate and then loops back around. Yeah. I was watching that. Yeah. I was watching this with my dad and he was like, He's like, there's no way that would happen. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, I would never get that lucky. <laughs> I would never even think about that, though, like grabbing the rug and putting the... That's, he's pretty smart. 
He's a smart yeah. kid for sure. He's very, very bright. So then he takes it and he ties a loop and he's like trying to get up to the window and then the the grate or whatever, like the metal grate like, like falls. Bars. Yeah. Yeah. Which the grabber never notices, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and like I don't know. I probably would have kept that shit and tried to beat the grabber with it. Yeah. I don't know where it went. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it went in the hole. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Later on, it did. It's probably too heavy. That's it right. might have been too heavy for him to, like, actually, like. Yeah. I with. think that's where he. I think that's where he hit it was the yeah. hole. And then uh, um, Gwen is falling asleep in school. And then mm-hmm. she has the other. Then she goes to the nurse's office to sleep. Because cause the teacher's, the teacher's like, oh, like, oh you poor child. <laughs> it reminds like, you're me of, probably having a rough time there, girl. Yeah, there was a book I read um, about a boy whose uh, mom was killed. And then her, then a new teacher comes to school and like gives him a test and he's in like second grade and he just draws a picture on it and she's like what is this and he's like well my other teachers let me do that and it's like because his mom it was like a smaller town and because his mom died they like let him just like pass they're like oh your mom's dead like just pass the class like, oh and this teacher's like no and like got him you know where he needed to be but it was it just reminded me of that like they're like, oh, honey, it's fine. Your your brother's been kidnapped. We'll let you sleep in class. Go to the nurse's office. <laughs> so you have a comfier right. place to sleep. <laughs> and then she kind of has the dream about Billy or whatever. Yep. It's kind of like the same thing that it showed with uh, Bruce, where he's like a, kind of a montage of Billy. And then he's delivering papers and he gets taken by the grabber. And his poor dog. Yeah. Each dream gives <laughs> her a little bit more of a clue as to where he's hiding them. Yeah. And then Gwen uh cut back to the house. Dad's drinking. Um and she says, "Dad, can I ask you a question?" He's like, "Yeah, honey, sit down." And he's been drinking and she's like, "Oh, crap." I, and she's like, "You can't get mad." And you know, and you can tell she's very anxious. They're the the point of like you can tell that these kids have been abused and like you can tell that they are very much exposed to their father's drinking and they kind of know what to do and not to do. And she knows she's about to do something that's going to piss him off, but she knows she needs to do it. So she asked her dad about her dreams. Um, and that's when they have a big heart to heart. And we find out that her mom committed suicide um, because of her mom's dreams. Um, and he says something about your mom was attached a touched soul and she had like special powers and like she had a gift and he says all this stuff. And like, you can tell that he really truly loved his wife and loved their mom. And he loved, he had so much love for the whole family even. But after she committed suicide, I think it really messed with him. Um, because the dreams told her to commit suicide. So I think he, when his daughter started showing signs, like Stevie said earlier, I mean, that's got to mess you up a little bit. Like you're kind of like history repeating itself. And I don't know if you'd want to go through that again. Yeah. Cause Gwen says something about loving her mother the way she was. And then she says something about, well, my dreams can help me find Finney. 
And then immediately it cuts to the dads driving the daughter around, which I thought was funny because A, he's been drinking and B, he's like, all right, we'll do it for the son. Like, (laughs) yeah, we'll do it to find the kid. So now we meet Max because then they're doing like a door to door, just kind of. Is that what it is? Is that why he finds, they find him? Yeah, they're just doing a door to door. um, Door to door search. Yeah, they just search party. No, it's just a not surveillance, a door to door. Huh. Anyway, they just knock <laughs> on the door and say, "Hey, this is what's going on. Do you know anything?" And Max is like, "Do I know anything? Come on in, officers." <laughs> he's all coked out. <laughs> and like you can tell he's a little crazy, but like he has you know that meme that's like the guy that's like insane and he's got the board with all the strings going places. Oh, that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is Max. That's um Charlie Day. Okay. In it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The yes. meme that that is what Max is, and he's like going through. He's like, all right, so you know he has to have a garage because he's kidnapping these kids, and he's like talking all this stuff. He's saying he's got a garage. He's got to have a car. He's got to have this. He has to live in this area. So he's like pinpointed everything. And the cops are like, okay, this man's crazy. (laughs) And he's like, Max, what's your job? Oh, well, I just, I'm from, I forget where he says. He's from down somewhere. I just moved up here because I lost my job and I'm just staying with my brother right now. And (laughs) yeah, he said he was. Between jobs. He's between like, jobs. That right now. Better. Yeah, yeah. He's between jobs right now. Like this dude was coked up and got fired. We all know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love Max. He's so good. Like he's such a good fun character. I wish they had a little bit more of him. But he was like going off and he said something about our investigation. Like he's part of the team cop. Like he's part of the detectives. And then Cops, of course, don't take him seriously. No. And they're like, okay, buddy, um, you might want to clean up before your brother gets home. And they look at the coffee table and there's just lines of coke. And he's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Damn it. <laughs> so God stupid. damn it. And then he just starts so stupid. And then he's like, he sits, sits on the couch and just <laughs> another line. Oh, <laughs> and when they show Max, I said to Stevie and Mitch, Max's brother's the grabber. I was like, I, I'm calling it right now. Max's brother's a grabber. Then he sits down, does coke, and it goes down to the basement. Where Finn the is. camera like pans through the floor to it's the basement. Such a good, it's like, uh. it's so good. <laughs> I love and I was like, that. I called it. <laughs> <laughs> they were like trying not to be like. They were like, okay, like trying not to spoil it for me. Thank you guys. <laughs> we were both just silent because we'd both seen the movie. Yeah, they were both like so silent and i was just like i know it's right i know i'm right <laughs> yeah yeah brother's got everything mapped out yeah this is this is where finn wakes up and he sees the ghost of the boy like floating in the air and he's got his neck slit and then oh, that's no, where this he, is it's where he I meets have, griffin i have the that the, the grabber has a sad face and he's gonna let him go and then the wakes up to drips oh yeah this is the part where he's waiting in the shadow and he asks Finn what his name is, and Finny replies, Taylor. Taylor Mullen. Yeah, and then the grabber gets angry, because this is the beginning, this is basically the real beginning oh, of yeah. Naughty Boy. Yeah. And then he reveals the mask that, with the 
frown on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's actually the first time Finney sees that mask. Yes. So that's the reveal. Okay. So he said, he, cause he said, and like, my heart broke at this point. Cause like he was gonna, he says he was gonna let Finney go. He was like, I really thought I was going to let you go. I don't know what to do. Things have changed. Like he was really like conflicted within himself and you can hear that. And Finney was like trying to like play on that and was like, well, you can let me go. You can blindfold me and just drop me off and I'll just walk home and I won't tell anyone. And just, you know, like, and, and it'll be like, nothing happened and you won't get in trouble. And he's like, you know, I might do that. What's your name? And then Finney's like, I fucked up, but I really don't think, that he would have let him go. I highly I doubt it. I think he was it. messing with him. To be honest. I think he was messing with him. I think he would have yeah. been. I think it it would have. Because he knew he way. was going to lie. He knew he was going to lie about his name because all the other boys have done that. So that's yeah. like. I think that was part of the game. Was like it, it was part of the. He game. asks think... someone his name is. He lies about it, and then he yeah. basically just gets mad that he lies, and then he goes. Up, mm-hmm. He goes upstairs, leaves the door open again, yes. and then he's just waiting for him to play the game. Mm-hmm. So, and then this is when he gets the call. Yeah, Finney just like goes into depression <laughs> mm-hmm. and falls asleep, and he wakes up yeah. to drips. And I immediately, I was like, "It's blood. There's blood. What blood dripping?" <laughs> <laughs> this um, is probably like the most like, graphic thing we see. This is like, like the most graphic. Yep, I think. Um, and then it like pans around the room and i'm like there's gonna be a jump scare so i'm just like riding and then it like the music's like getting more intense and then it like goes like in a video game you know how the video games do those kind of jump scares Mm -hmm. that's what it reminded me of and there's just like a body (laughs) floating i don't know which kid it was either it was griffin i think oh it was griffin yeah because then that's when he calls okay so there's a body floating and it just like points to the phone and then griffin calls and keeps like saying like he isn't sleeping, Finny. And this is when they really talk about the naughty boy game. Yeah, and he tells him he doesn't have much time. He's like, you don't have much yeah. time. And he just because he's not sleeping. He's not again. sleeping. You don't have much time. Like, like the less he sleeps, the more the less in control he is, which is like yeah. normal. Like, but like he keeps it under wraps. But he's not sleeping, so he's gonna he's gonna lose it. And you're you're gonna. Finn says, "Well, why hasn't he killed me yet?" And then that's when he says, "Because you haven't played the game." You got to play yeah. the game so he can go to the next step. Yeah. And then he says, "Like, what does he, he say? really he likes the, like the part after?" The, yeah, he really likes the next part. The after part, and I don't know if that was the killing. I don't know what they were really alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they left that open for a reason. Yeah, and this is when he tells him that Grabber hasn't been sleeping. He's sleeping right now upstairs. He fell asleep. The front door is locked by my bike lock that he took from me. And he's he said he wrote the combination on the wall, but he can't remember which order the combination's in. Because Finney finds it. Finney finds the numbers. I wanted to remember. And he's like, well, what order is it in? And then he it's says, two, three, three, one, seven. Yeah. I don't know why I have that memorized. <laughs> like, No, there was one time we were talking about something. She goes, two, three, three, one, seven. I said, what are you talking about? She's like, it's the combination lock. I was like, can you get more creepy? <laughs> i have the weird memorization thing like things oh. just engrave themselves in my head but yeah no like for real i just have a weird memorization thing like i from high school had to learn the entire to be or not to be soliloquy from shakespeare i think it was what <laughs> hamlet 
<laughs> and I can still recite it perfectly to this day. And you can tell when she's <laughs> bored because it will just pop out of her mouth and It'll just it's so out. funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the, like late at night. Mickey and I were on our way back, my sister, uh, from like somewhere, wherever, downstate maybe or something. It's, it's late. It's like 11. It's dark out. It's dead quiet. And all of a sudden I started reciting it to like just wake myself up. And she thinks I'm like doing some kind of a satanic ritual and she starts praying. <laughs> she thought I was going to try and kill us or something. Oh my God. And I get it. It sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the movie. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> ah, the combination lock. Two, yeah. three, three, one, seven. That's right. So he sneaks upstairs and he's like trying the combination. He gets it open and then. He makes a noise and the dog starts barking, wakes up the grabber. I did put, um, wouldn't having a combination lock on the inside of the door, wouldn't the brother find that strange? I guess he just puts it on there when the brother's out. He must just put it at night, yeah. He must put it on at night because then that's when he's trying to play the game. Yeah. But, like, what if the brother, like, wakes up and wants a glass of water or something yeah, and like, just, like, comes in and sees him with the creepy mask on and, like, no yeah. shirt with a belt and, like... And, and that's why he's so saying stuff, like, like things are complicated. Because, so, like, when the phone rang, that's when his brother called to be like, hey, I have nowhere to go. I need some yeah, place to yeah. stay. Just shows up with, like, one, pa- one extra pair of clothes and, like, this entire board... Because <laughs> no one investigation. Yeah, yeah. You don't mind if I that's, put this up in the living room, do you? It's almost kind of unbelievable. <laughs> like that's the part that kind of like I wish the brother just wasn't in it because that makes it kind of unbelievable for me, anyways. Because it's like I get that. how would I don't know. It just it doesn't make any sense. He like, was like you get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or something, and like he could. This actually happens it. a lot in criminal cases really um mm-hmm. so if you dig deep in like like the first one that comes to mind that is comparable john wayne gacy he had people living in his home there's a lot of serial killers that killed in their home that had people living in their home and they just never knew it. I think Bruce would notice if I started doing some sketchy shit. It's like such a, it's such a like small house too though. Like, okay. So he immediately, one thing I will say, I'm going to wait to say it cause it is a spoiler and I just want to wait, but remind me to say the thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> remind me to say the thing when we get to the end. All right. Uh, gotcha. So where were we? Finn gets out of the house. The grabber, which he grabs his van, which I don't know. Instead of just chasing after him, he like gets in his van and like chases and Finny down the street the in the van. Yeah, he almost like hit the kid with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Finny's yelling for help, and he's like holding Finny's mouth on the ground, and he's like, "Don't speak, or I'll." strangle you with your intestines he's got a knife up to his throat i'll gut you like a pig and then strangle you with your intestines this is like the most intense scene in the whole movie i think you know like he's got that whole ass van out there pulls it into someone's driveway to try like attempt to hit this child and when he tackles the kid to the ground finney 
a couple of porch lights turn on because they'd heard yelling and such. Mm-hmm. Do these people not notice the van yeah. pulled on someone's lawn? Yeah. <laughs> and the van is also just like, I noticed like later in the movie when they catch him, the van's just parked in the, like he doesn't have like a garage or anything. It's just parked in his driveway. <laughs> like it, in noticeable. I mean, I guess lots of people have vans and stuff, but it's like, it's a black it's a van. a very distinctive van. Yeah, and, and if the cops like would have went to the house... If the cops would have went to the like, house, like should have like, seen him bringing black balloons around well, no, to his van. Yeah. He has so he has a garage that he pulls into, but the reason it wasn't was because he was unloading all that stuff. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. I see. I do want to point out when he says that, like he puts a knife to his throat and was like, "If you scream now." My advice, and I'm not saying follow it, I'm just saying this is my advice and stuff that something that I would personally do. If you are ever in this situation, go ahead and scream. Because worst case scenario, they actually do it, which is horrible, but they will get caught. But they're probably going to kill you anyway. Okay? <laughs> so go ahead and scream. Because <laughs> that way you're going to get caught at least. Okay? <laughs> but also, I don't know if I would follow <laughs> that advice. But, um, okay, think, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I would do I it either. Always fight back. Always fight back. In the long, because I mean, I'd fight back, but nine times out of ten, yeah, but I, I would just be thinking, like, if he brings me back to the basement and doesn't kill me, then I would have another try at, like, getting out some other way instead of, like, okay, yeah. but screaming when it. I have he, a knife to my neck. <laughs> he's logical enough that that's just an open threat because he knows if you scream. Someone's going to come out and his he's going to have to run. He's not going to have time to kill you. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had that knife like on his neck, though. He could have just slit his throat and ran. He just slits it and hits the uh, artery there. Mm-hmm. Good night. Yeah. I don't know. I'd definitely scream. Or at least <laughs> kick him or something. You're crazy. Definitely. Yeah, you're always. Crazy always. Crazy back. So, like... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I just watch way too many shows where they'll be like, don't scream. And then they do. And guess what? They're the ones that survive. Or at least, at the very least, are the ones that break the case. Every time. From my experience of watching crime shows 24-7. <laughs> so that is my... That. Educational. That is my educational advice. But I do realize, too, like, when you're in that situation, that might be difficult. So after Finney gets caught, it's the part where uh, Gwen is, like, cussing Jesus. Jesus. She's like, Jesus, Jesus what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> she's like, why aren't you showing me anything? Blah, blah, blah. Like, she's not having dreams or whatever. She's, yeah. like, cussing Jesus out. She's like, the, any, the one time you do give me a dream, it doesn't give me anything. She's like, are you even real? Yeah, she has, like, a... I don't even know what to call it. She's just, like, like just a religious crisis. She's like, unless you're not real. <laughs> I was like, oh, my <laughs> goodness, this poor, this poor child. <laughs> She's way too young to be having one of these crises. Right? <laughs> She's way too young to be saying the C word and shit, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then we meet Vance Hopper. I love Vance Hopper. Oh, yep. his hair. Wynn is my favorite character, but Vance Hopper is my favorite character. Okay. <laughs> Talk about his hair. God. So Finn gets another call. He answers the phone and it's Vance Hopper. And he's mm-hmm. like. Pinball Vance, they also call him. Yep. Like, this is it, fucker, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like. 
it's over now or something. This is it, motherfucker. This is the end to your pathetic little life or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then it's like it's kind of like a flashback, but then you find out it's Gwen, like another one of Gwen's dreams. Do you notice that Finny is in the dream? Yeah, he's in the background. Okay. Yeah, because he's like, okay, that. so Vance is playing pinball, and then he's about to um, get the high score, man. He's about to get the high score, and the kid. Another kid like gets shoved into the pinball machine and like messes up his game. So he starts beating the crap out of the kid. Or the kid pull the other kid pulls a switchblade and he starts beating up the kid. And then he's got the kid on the ground and he writes he he cuts the um seven house seven number. four one. Yep, he cuts the house number into the his arm and then he gets escorted out by the cops and Finney's actually the one holding the door open for the cops to bring him outside to the cop car. Yo. And then in all the times I've seen this movie, how have I not noticed Finney was there? You didn't <laughs> no. no. So I'm not observant. Finney was in the background um, of the fight. First off, mm-hmm. that's where yep. I first saw him. And okay. then I, I didn't realize he had held the door open for the cops. Cause that's when I noticed Gwen walking into the scene. I was, yeah, I was looking at Vance and his luscious hair. <laughs> his <laughs> luscious hair. Bring that hair back for real. I want, uh, I want to see it. It reminds me of, um, the bully from stranger things. What's his name? Uh, Billy. Billy. Yeah. Mm. Billy. Yeah. Reminds me of yes. Billy. Oh, I love him. <laughs> that hair. Oh yes. my God. I just love a guy with like longer hair. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It just it looks. I don't know. It looks very nice to me. Yes. It adds character. It's <laughs> nice. I like short hair too. Don't get me wrong, but I just respect a guy with some you know long, definitely hairsprayed, done up hair. Like they put effort in that. If they spend <laughs> more time on their hair than I do. I respect it. Yo, yo, exactly. <laughs> So then uh, Gwen's in the back of the cop car with Vance in the dream. And they like pull up to the house that Finn is kidnapped in. And I like that it shows how like it shows Vance talking to Finny through the radio. Yep. But it's also like Gwen is having her dream with Vance but she can't talk to Finny. Yeah. Cause she's like yelling, but you can't hear her. You can mm-hmm. see that she's yelling, but you can't hear her. And then it'll yeah. switch to where you can't hear Finny, but you can hear like Gwen and Vance having a conversation. Yeah. And I thought, it, I thought it was weird how they, they give her the house number, but it's not the actual house that Finny's in. It's the house across the street. Because she's not following Finny, she's following the boys. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's where, where the they're buried. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, Vance uh, tells Finny about the the wall, the weak wall. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. he's like, I did a bunch of damages to the house. And <laughs> yeah, he was like bragging, like, that man had to spend a lot of money on me, <laughs> and I was done. He tells him that the wall is weak over by the it was like kind of by the toilet or whatever. Yeah. That there's a freezer behind it and he tells him to break out the wall and then undo the panel on the back of the mm-hmm. freezer. Yeah. So then Finny does that, grabs the back of the toilet, he breaks out the wall and he uns- he he's kind of clever. He takes apart the toilet lever 
and like finds one of the um, O-rings on the the mm-hmm. lever and uses it as a screw, undoes the panel, and then he gets in the freezer, but he realizes he can't open the door because it's like a huge it's one of those like, locking industrial freezers, style yeah. freezer. Yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, this will work because like in the set. So like nowadays you couldn't really do it because they make it to where it auto locks. So it's like hard to get out. Yeah. But like back in the 70s, like they didn't have that to where it sealed shut. So he would have been able to get out, but then it panned back to the type of freezer it was. And I was like, oh, it's one of those. Yeah. So he was, and this is where he just thing. like breaks down and starts crying. I felt so bad for him. Cause like he, yeah. he tried everything and it's like, like what are you going to do? It's like a no hope. Like, yeah. Cry, this is know? the first moment that he's like letting himself be vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, I'm done. But then as soon as the phone rings, he goes and picks it up and then it's Robin. Robin. His best friend. And he knows right away that it's Robin, and then Robin's like, stop crying. And he's like, I'm not crying. What are you talking about? I know you're crying. I'm there. And I like that Robin gives him a pep talk. No one one else has that connection, but I think part of that is because they've all been dead for so long, they're losing their connection to the world. But Robin Mm -hmm. has it. Robin still remembers Finny. He still remembers what they've talked about. Like, he's still connected to the world. Yeah, because it's been less time since he's died. Mm -hmm. So, So, yeah, he... uh, teaches them to put the to dirt in the phone. He tells them to put the dirt in the receiver of the phone and then he teaches them how to like step back, step Punch forward, it. step back and then I loved that scene. Yeah, yeah, and he's like kind of training him. Yep. Yeah. And then he says he tells them that it's the last call. Like he's like cuz Finn's like am I going to be able to talk Finney, to you again and he said yeah, no. Nope, he realizes this is the last he's going to have to like if I pack it full of dirt I'm not going to be able to talk to you. Yeah. And he's like, nope, this is the last one. And my heart broke. I was so sad. Yeah. And you could tell they're like really good friends because he's like, I'm going to miss you. And yeah. It's pretty sad. So then he hangs up the phone. And then is this where the brother finds it? Nope. This is when, so then it cuts to, he's looking outside and it's raining. And then Gwynny is riding her bike in the rain looking okay. for the house because she's like i've seen this house i know what house number it is and she's just like going through neighborhoods trying to find what house it is okay yeah so then she finds it and yeah, she immediately the, all the dead boys come up in front of her and she gets scared yep. and falls off her bike mm-hmm. and then she races home to call the detectives yep and it's in her little keepsake box of her dollhouse <laughs> with all of her religious things of her seances um so she calls the detectives the detectives make a mad search they immediately said the girl called she has a lead we're going um so then mac max does the a coke line and he's like standing he's like sitting there he does the coke and like you can tell it's about to hit and he's like he's staring at the map and you can see it slowly dawning on him because he made a comment about it has he has to be in this section and he like circled the section where his the house he's living in his brother's house is mm-hmm. and like it's slowly dawning on him like oh my god and this is the thing okay so i remembered you should be proud of me <laughs> um that he gets up and he goes immediately to the basement door so one thing that's really big with serial killers that kill within with a home with people in it, they usually have a space that they don't allow anyone to be. 
And like they are in charge of their home. They are very manipulative. They are very um, usually abusive. And so they will say, you know, they'll be like, this is my space. You can't go in there. And so he was probably like, hey, this is my space. Don't go in there. So Max immediately knew that that's where he would be keeping the boys if he was keeping the boys. Yeah, he said, I knew he was hiding something down here from me. Yes. Yeah. So, and that was kind of the point I wanted to make about, like, that's one way that they kind of get away with it is because they usually have a spot and they have usually control of their household to where... Like, in this case, he had control in a way where he could say, this is my house. You are living here because I'm being nice. You need to follow my rules. And this is my rule. And I'm letting you live here rent-free. So, you know. So, yeah. So, he... He goes in the basement and finds Finn. Yes. And then he's like, whoa, whoa. And then he... He's like, <laughs> instead of just being like, here, get on out of here. He's like, yeah. you want to find out? You want to hear how I found you? Found you? And stuff like that. And then. And like, oh, Finney's like, no. And like, because he sees the, and that's when you see the grabber come up. Yeah. The grabber with right behind him. That and was one of the. Smashes him in the head. Very CGI. But you know what? That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I have, you know. <laughs> he, he'd like. He, it was a total I can kind of relate to Max's reaction to be honest like he's also coked up so <laughs> yeah he is coked up but I cannot relate to that so like, so he's like <laughs> but I can relate to the fact of like just being a crime junkie and like finally figuring something out instead of acting rationally and being like oh you are a victim let me save you being like oh my gosh I figured it out <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what Max was like. Do you want to know how I did it? This is how I found you. And Max, and like, no, I just want to get out of this basement, <laughs> please. And then he dies. Axe to the head, man. Brutal. And he's like, "Why did you make me do that?" He's like, "He's yeah." He's what did he say? He's like, "He's a he dumbass, was an idiot, but, but he was my idiot. Yeah, he's Maybe an dumbass, idiot. but he was he was <laughs> he said he idiot. was something. Yeah, he was an idiot, but he was You're my right. idiot. Yeah. And then this is like the final showdown. Uh, this is when the cops are the cops are in the house. They're in um, the seven seven four one house, and yep. they find it empty. Yep, and they're like, "It's this empty. What's house. going on?" Yeah. Um. Then it cuts back to Finney makes the grabber fall in the hole, and it breaks his ankles because that's what, he put the grate in the hole. Yeah. Well, well, he the grabber says. Usually I like to, you know, use a knife. Or he says, use a knife. Use a knife. I usually like to use a knife, yes. But he said, I'm going to make it real slow. And then that's when he calls the dog down. Yes. He calls the dog yes. down. And then he, like, ties the dog up. And then that's when Finney runs away. And he runs. And then the grabber runs after him. He pulls the cord. It trips the grabber into the hole. And he, like, mm -hmm. snaps his ankle on the grate that's in the mm -hmm. hole. And then that's when Finney starts, like, whacking him with the phone mm -hmm. and then the grabber gets him kind of right he gets him in the hole with him and he's like kind of grabbing him and then he starts whacking him even more and then he grabs the mm -hmm. cord and wrap the phone cord wraps it around his neck 
and then he makes the mask fall off too. And do you know? Oh, yeah, that's that's mask, why. Yeah, when the mask falls off, because he grabs him and then he rips the mask off and then mm-hmm. he lets him go because he like freaks out that he dropped the mask. He does not he want that mask off. off. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with like, oh, I don't want him to see who I am. I mean, kind of. But it's more it's more like psychologically. It's more for um, yeah. the person. Like he took my like, face oh, I don't want him to be able thing. to identify me. It's like, oh, he took my identity. He acts as if losing the mask is like painful. Yeah. 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 Like he just like Finn just ripped his face off. Yeah. Yeah. And then Finn holds the phone up to his ear and then, then all the dead kids talk to him. Yeah. They're like, like, This is your last We can't kill thing. you, so Finn's gonna do it for us. And then he's like Yeah. And then uh, he snaps his neck. Basically. Bruce says his arm is mint, and then he, then he snaps his neck. <laughs> yeah, they all the say their catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, this is it, fucker. Yeah, it's so funny that you wouldn't think their catchphrase would fit there, but it all fits. Like their catchphrase just all fits. Yeah. So then the grabber's dead. Finn goes and grabs one of the uh, the steaks the from the mm-hmm. freezer and throws it to the dog and then he walks upstairs walks out and then very calmly oh, yeah and all the cops are all confused they're like or they know they find the basement and then they go down and then they find all the other they find all the dead yeah. bodies because they were about to leave they're like oh shit yeah. you know this isn't the house and then the cop looks and goes there's a fridge a in front there. of the door and he's like uh there's a basement and they're like oh shit yeah and they walk down and you're like, okay, like immediately I knew it was different stairs. So I knew that it wasn't where Finney was mm-hmm. um, because they turned. And so they go down in the basement and there were five graves and one dug one. He had pre-dug the grave. Yeah. And then you see Gwen outside and Finn comes out. And, yeah. Yep. And they're all reunited. And then the dad comes and he's like, I'm so sorry. And then. Yeah. yeah, and that's when this relays back. So the kids are like in shock, and like most of the time when your abuser like apologizes or whatever, and like I really think he meant it. Like I think it was like heartfelt. Like that should mean something, and there was no emotion. They were, they had both been through so much that it was it was done. Like they, I don't know if. I just hope they get a lot of therapy after this, those poor kids. <laughs> yeah. um, but it goes, it kind of parallels back to after he beat Gwen, Gwen just puts her head on Finney's shoulder again. And it's like, they're connected. They have, they know they have each other. Mm-hmm. It was a hard ordeal for both of them. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. Yep. I mean, just she, she in a way lived through it. I mean, kind that of. is honestly my biggest fear is for someone like a sibling or you know someone that I'm extremely close to to just disappear, especially in the midst of like this grabber situation. Oh my god, I don't know what I would lose my yeah. shit. I'd be out biking around looking for, for clues too. Shit. Yeah, I think it shows the desperation that you. You know, you do anything to find your family. Exactly. And that that moment that the dad shows up to and he's all apologetic and he's saying he's so sorry and 
you know, acting, not acting, I suppose. He probably is extremely happy to have them both finally safe and sound and everything. But the way the kids were so emotionless at that point, and I think, I don't know, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm looking too deep into it. But in Finn's case, I think with how many mood swings his dad went through versus this grabber and his mood swings, I don't know. I just feel like it. It's got to be tough think, after that point, yeah. you know, trusting this abusive figure in your oh, life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine having to go back to basically a similar situation in a way. Like, I really think the reason Finn survived was because he had experience dealing in with a toxic someone like, like that. that. Yeah. In a toxic household. He know like he could immediately read the grabber because he had to read his father so many times. Yeah. And Robin, Robin kind of says that when they're on the phone call and they kind of have the heart to heart, the last phone call. Uh-huh. Cause he says, he t- tells Finney that he's like, Finney, you've always been a fighter. You, you yes. know, you might not throw the punch, but you'd know how to, you know, get back up after yeah. being beaten down. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, Pretty much it. He goes um, back to school and everybody's like talking about how he killed him. <laughs> he killed him. Grabber and he's kind of like a badass now. He intimidated his own bully. Yeah, and like I don't know how I feel about the ending. Oh, I love the ending. I think that's awesome. I at first <laughs> felt weird about it. Too, I don't know. Okay, but at the very end, he goes back to he gets to his homeroom. He sits down next to that girl Donna that he you know has a little mm. crushy on. Obviously. Yeah, not in the back like he normally does. Yeah, and he says. Well, she says, hey, Finny, and he says, call me Finn, and the movie ends, and I think that's very symbolic. At first, I was like, that's fucking cringe ending. You know, <laughs> the first time I saw it, I didn't like it, but now, re-watching the movie and having him, you know, that's him growing, and it's kind of like he's returned as this kind of hometown hero yeah. character, mm-hmm. um, and his friend Robin had always said, I'm not always going to be around to protect you. So like basic and Robin had helped him overcome and Robin had always been the one person who calls him Finn. So that was kind of him growing into that character that Robin had always wanted him to be. So like when you put it like that, I like that better. But when I first like when I watched it, all I could think about was like, it was almost like he had this cocky confidence that like wasn't natural. Like he killed a man. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't matter the circumstances. That should be very traumatic. <laughs> and exactly. And instead he like he was like, Oh, I'm a man now, kind of thing. Like, I don't know, that's the kind of confidence I felt like it had. And it was very cringe to me and very I didn't like feel it like I didn't oh, see it I like can, that though. I just that, saw that's it just as what him I as like, like going back to school and like because he doesn't really like show anything it's just everybody around him is talking about it he just kind of seems like he's just like okay so i'm just back in school like i just want to move on well like he so he's stand he's standing straighter and he's like walking and he's actually like looking people in the eyes and he redid his hair and he instead of going to the back of the room like he normally does he walks immediately right up to his crush and sits yeah. down next to her before just, her friend I just think there. it shows that and he's like, more that, confident I don't though. know it's, and I know but that's kind of weird to me like you like you're confident cuz you killed a guy well no just because like he's grown up like he's, I don't know I just 
Yeah, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was weird. I think he kind of walked into the school in his usual manner. Like, he seemed down as he usually does. Yeah. But as, like, now I think everybody else sees him more as, like, less of just somebody to pick on and more of, like, okay, you know, this kid's lived through a lot. Respect him. He's, you know, he's fucking killed a man. That's dope. (laughs) But even intimidating his bullies, that's when he kind of picks up, like, okay, Maybe this is a new leaf for me, I think. And it's also just like a second yeah. chance. Like he lived through it, you know? Like he's yeah. lived. I get like, that. I guess now, for me, it would just be very yeah. traumatic and I would not react that way at all. Well, <laughs> I yeah, suppose. I, I, I think it was just more of like a Hollywood ending, you know? Yeah, and I think that's why I probably like it. Because <laughs> literally the whole movie is so good and not Hollywood. And then they do that. I mean, in real life, he would be like in therapy and shit and like probably not going back to school right away well i felt like he like it was like high school because it was almost like he was in middle schoolish, and then it was like high school because it was like a different set of lockers it might be like a time jump or something yeah Yeah. because it was the same biology class so like i feel like it i was wrong but when i first saw it i was like oh he's in high school now so he was in eighth grade and then he went to it was like the next but he was still partnered with that girl so so it must have been after. But he was still. But then he was still like he just walked up to the girl. So I was like, okay, maybe I was. Yeah, it must I don't have know, been. It was he just was, like a weird. I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. Like I I don't like the ending, but after hearing Stevie's version, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad that I. I mean, help. Like, I don't know how I would change it to make it better, but yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll let Stevie influence that make me like it more. <laughs> Maybe they'll show more of his psychological trauma in the second one. <laughs> I don't Maybe know. that's my problem. I just want him to have psychological You just want him to be like in therapy session, like having nervous breakdowns and you know. Yeah. I want I want more psychology, please. Um Yeah, we're gonna have to read the book and then we'll have our own little book club session. It is in my Amazon cart right now. Is it already? I'm going to. Uh, yeah, I already put it in my Amazon cart. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much the movie. So yeah, shall we that's rate the movie? What's our rating? We're not forgetting our rating. We do one out of ten. Maybe movies, we're not right? forgetting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one out, out of ten, ten ghoulies. Well, I give it a four and a half on Letterboxd out of five. So oh, probably like a eight out of ten. Ooh, an eight. Okay. I still have some issues with it, but it's grown on me a lot. What are your issues with it? I don't know. I just kind of wish it showed more, honestly. Like, <laughs> oh, wanted, okay. So my ending, my ending being bad was not okay, but you, you want more gore? Okay. Yeah, I just want Whatever. more child deaths. I guess. Oh wow! Even though that I was literally oh just God. talking to you about the reason why I don't want to watch the house that Jack built is because children die in that movie. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can't watch that movie, but we can. I'm we want more. All right. Very torn on the <laughs> child murder thing, but I think a movie about okay. child murder needs more child murder in it. I don't know. Sometimes child murder is okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess that is going to get missed so many times. <laughs> we are definitely not for. condoning child murder. <laughs> no, no, no. Only in fictional scenarios. <laughs> 
exactly. Oh my, oh my, my sister's just getting my sister's dropped trying to sleep, and we're just talking about child murder. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So I guess. Hard. Oh my goodness! Like the first time I watched it, I just thought it was going to be more like the ending was very like fast, like the way that Finny just like yes. takes out the grabber, like yes his first try and everything it's very fast i don't know the ending just seemed rushed and i wish they would have like in some of the characters like there is good character development but like i wish we would have seen more of like robin and like but i realized that the movie is already close to two hours so they can't really do that without making it like a three-hour movie but i don't know yeah i get that like the characters were so good that i wanted more of them you know yes i'll agree with that the characters were so good it was it was almost a bad thing because they were just like i want a whole movie about every single one of these characters (laughs) right literally almost like i almost want like a series more about bruce (laughs) of just like (laughs) oh yeah if if every single character had their own movie i would be okay with that i would watch that (laughs) what if american horror story took the idea of this and like made their own season out of it i think that would be perfect I'd watch it. They'd yeah. make it darker. I would watch it for sure. Oh God, it'd be so good, mm. and we'd get so much more. I I don't know. I think I would be upset because I really like these actors that are playing. Well, they these have to keep these though. actors, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if they kept these actors, In a perfect world. Yeah. <laughs> if they kept these actors, American Horror Story. If you're listening to this, take note. <laughs> You gotta keep the actors, and then you gotta just expand a little bit, okay? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, So, you give an 8. What do you give, Stevie? Um, So, I will happily give it a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, you didn't give it a 10? Well, I mean, there are a couple things I would change about it as, like, a writer. (laughs) But, um... Okay, what, what would you change about it? I guess just some of the script a little bit. Like, I would probably sprinkle okay, in a little okay. bit more dialogue in places, and then I would have also changed the ending a mm-hmm. little bit. I like the Call Me Finn, but I wouldn't have ended right yeah, at that yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll get that. But no, I think, like, the aesthetic was perfect, the characterizations and development was so well done, the acting was delicious, and the script wasn't by any means bad. Like, they were all good lines no. that were so well delivered by everyone. I absolutely yes. loved this movie. And I like I see I picked this movie because I enjoy a good a good ending. Like it ended <laughs> on a good note. I like you know the hero gets away like saves the day. <laughs> I just like a feel good movie. <laughs> this isn't always feel good, but in my case it is. Yeah, it's very um crowd pleasing, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) See, for me, I'm an easy bitch like that. I would have liked it to be a little bit more nihilistic. I don't know. That's just my. I like movies that with like, in, a like a kind of like a gut punch ending, and not like. Yeah, I don't. uh, That's you know, like I mean, I guess I wouldn't have wanted to see Penny die, but. See, I don't like, like, movies like that you tell me are good sometimes. I will leave the theater and it leaves me with such 
like an awful feeling <laughs> and it makes you like, think for like a week afterwards i can't i can't handle that my like ooh, <laughs> not for me okay oh we need to watch smile then because that has I'll the think about it over. Oh, that's oh, like the god i'll think about it over dinner and then i won't think about it again like that's what i want <laughs> I, I don't want to have to keep thinking about this <laughs> well you brought up i'm gonna give my rating because you um tied into kind of what i was gonna say so I'm going to give it a nine, nine ghoulies. Um, the reasoning, I love this movie, but it doesn't make me think. And it's a good feel like it's not a feel good movie by any means, but for a horror movie, it's like it finishes it up. All the, everything's tied with a nice little bow, but like, I'm not really going to think about it much. Like there's, there wasn't much like psychological thought put into it, even though it was very psychological thriller. There wasn't much, you know, put into it that would make me be like, oh, you know, this is what they were thinking or this is what they were doing. Like, because it, it was all kind of tied up or it was all kind of talked about. And so it's not like, I don't know how to put it. Um, like, it doesn't get into the psychology of the killer, which I was really disappointed about because I was really looking forward to that. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't even get into like the psychology of Finney of how he feels afterwards or even how he's really feeling during, um, it doesn't really get into his psychology of it. Cause that's like, this is psychologically draining. Like he was not only abused beforehand, but he's abused after and they don't really talk about it. Um, or even something like the town, they don't talk about, they don't even get into like, how it's affecting the town they kind of talk about it where finney's like oh all of us kids know your names but they don't really but they don't really talk about you know in depth they just kind of use little one-liners to kind of string it along so i kind of understand how you would change and add more dialogue because they do really put in one-liners to answer whole questions which work it works really well, but it's not like I feel like they could have done it a little different. Um, not that I would change it because I really think I really like this movie. Um, but I was ex- like they could have made it so much more scarier. Like as a horror genre, it falls flat. Yeah. If it was just like a thriller, like all of the jump scares were very like I called them out immediately and wasn't scared by them because they were very, very predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, there needed to be more Ethan Hawke, I think. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I wish it would have focused on him a little more. Yes. Yeah. If it was, like, we don't know why he was doing any of this stuff. And so it was kind of like, okay, he's a psycho murderer that kidnaps kids. Cool. And, like, that's where it drops off. And it's like, okay, well, why is he doing this? That's what I want to know. And so I'm really excited to get the book because I hope the book goes into it a little yeah. more or at least, you know, gives you some clues. It's such uh, a weird movie. Because, like... Because it's, like... It it's is like, weird. And, like, it doesn't... It's, like, it's a dark it material. Phone. It's a dark material, but it's not a very dark movie. Like, I don't know. Like, the it, material is exactly. dark, but it's not, like, very, like... I don't know. It just goes back to, like, it's very pleasing for the, like audience general like, audience and that's how yes and the, you know and like there's so much psychology behind the dark phone 
I know there's so much psychology behind the dark phone. It has a meaning. I don't know what it is because it didn't talk about it, but it's got something to do with his past. And I wish they would have dug into the grabber's past more. They could have done even just something a little bit, just a little teaser. And they did nothing. There was nothing in his past. Like, um, the only thing they have about his past is that he called him Johnny and his name's Johnny. And so we think he was quoting his dad, but that's all we have. We don't have anything else. Yeah. And so I wish, I wish it would have went into that more. I do agree with that. Like, you know, they showed all of these little like past montages for most of the dead kids. I wouldn't have minded seeing one of him when he was younger after like his death or something just for a moment. I don't know. I didn't because honestly, I didn't care about the dead kids ones because it didn't mean anything to me because they weren't really a part of the story. Like Bruce, Bruce meant something because you met him, but any of the other kids, you didn't even meet them until after they were dead. Right. I know that the the paper boy, uh, Billy, that was like a vision. Well, all of them were actually visions. Yeah. I suppose they did have meaning there. Yeah. But like they didn't add any depth to like the actual vision. Like, I guess they, they didn't add any depth to, to this the audience. Was. Like, yeah. So, yeah. But they like, I don't know. I just felt like they could have taken that time and done a short little montage of you know, the killer or like, and I almost wonder if there's more Easter eggs. That's why I really, we should look up like deleted scenes or something. <laughs> See if there's yeah, anything like yes. missing there. Well, and there are times where like when you read a book and then you watch the movie and like they miss the whole point of the book, but they get it right. So like, I feel like that, the book will probably explain like what the black phone is. Whereas the movie doesn't. Yeah. It was a phone uh, from his childhood. He'd had it as a kid. Yeah. But we don't really know what it means or like what it is or what it represents. I suppose. Like he talk, he talks to ghosts and it breathes and it has, you know, through it. Like it, it, I don't know. It, it represents something. So I'm just, I don't know. There is a version of the book that says it's like a movie what's it say it says something about like a movie edition of the book i'm thinking about getting that one too to see if it ties in well that was the black phone that was the black phone my friends piper is barking at me so i'm gonna go let her outside and bid y'all adieu okay well next week we're watching silence of the lambs so yay not next week. Whatever time we're probably next sometime episode, next month. I guess. <laughs> so good at next episode, if I can use my words correctly, next episode, we are going to do Silence of the Lambs. So follow us on the socials so that way you know when we're gonna put that out. <laughs> Delicious. All right. Yep. Well so I think that's it. All right. Stay spooky, boys. See you next time from the ghoulies. ghoulies out. Stay spooky.